What up, guys? Run DMT here, reminding you to head over to KillYourEgoNow.com and check out our past podcast episodes, releases, and new merch. And if you use the code PODCAST15, you get 15% off of our order. Also, don't forget to join our mailing list on the head of the site to get exclusive offers, discounts, freebies, and so much more. Find all this and more at KillYourEgoNow.com. See you there. You read us a bedtime story. <laughs> Late night parties, drinking tequila, and trying to get lucky. Run the track! Every kind of music for every kind of thing. Including all video. Break it. Just. It's time for the sex So, what have you been up to recently, Seth? Man, oh man. So, I, uh. Some things are are potentially changing over here, my friend. I am uh, I'm about to move out of this apartment. Kat and I are moving into a new spot. Congratulations, that's great. So I, I rolled up a good one because we, we used to be real careful about smoking joints in this house because we, we thought we had some uppity neighbors. But you know what? Now I'm getting out of here by the first, so I don't give a goddamn. I don't give a goddamn. Fuck them neighbors. Fuck these hoes. You're going to smell my smoke, bitch. That's what I'm saying. You're going to know who it is. You're going to know uh, who it is. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And, uh, oh, am I going to see the moment of, of when it becomes lit? I'm so excited to be oh, a part of will. this. Oh, you will. And, uh, oh, salut. Cheers to you. Mm. Mm, first drink for you, Seth. Ah, thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Moving out. Moving up. And, uh, on the other side, I am um, looking at... So I'm, I've been working this job for a minute. Production director gig at an audio vendor. Thinking that working at, a, at an audio vendor just isn't quite the gig for me. Yeah. So I'm uh, having some conversations with some different people. Looking at maybe going back to freelance for a period of time. Um, but and potentially. That's a mixed blessing, but that's a lot of fun. It's a mix. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a little more stressful because you got to go and get it. Yeah. Um, but, but uh, you know, I uh, I haven't been feeling super satisfied in the in the nine to five. So I figured, you know what? I'll just go back to what I'm good at. I think that's wise, man. Fucking go back to basics and remember why you started doing it in the first place. You know. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, it's just like I'm I'm good at doing sound. I'm good at making bands sound good. I like doing it. So. That's fucking. Figure dumb, we'll man. we'll go back to that for a minute and see what happens. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! How you doing? I have been fucking um, just cranking out tunes. I actually have a, um, a really cool thing that I'll have to tell you when we're done recording later. But um, oh, it's yeah. one of my largest successes, but I can't tell anybody about it. <laughs> I understand. I know exactly how that feels. So it's like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, see, that's, cool. one of the, that's one of those things, dear listeners, that... that my, my good friend Bubsy and I deal with pretty frequently is that like I feel like the dudes who do the dopest shit have the lamest Instagrams you feel me because like we just can't talk about it facts <laughs> you know facts. Like, my, my Instagram is quiet as fuck I'm just like yeah low key here at the Ralph Lauren fashion show just can't post any pics of it <laughs> like <laughs> damn yeah dude I feel you know it's, that's, that's life man that's yeah. how it goes yeah. you... yeah. but otherwise uh, just making some cool music and uh uh, I have a new video coming out with Kyle uh, for uh, the, our, our first collab. Um, no I and team, but M and E uh, came out on Surrealist Records recently, and so it's I'm really Very excited cool. about it. So we got good things going on, man. I like to like to hear. So so Hudson, so so you were just talking about a track. So so you got 
Your man Kyle, who's a yes. rapper, on on EDM tracks. Yes, he, he, says, he right? is a he is a he is a he's a rapist. He's a he's a rap mm-hmm. he's, he's a, a rap- rapist right. who he does he's very good at rapping and he's he's very uh, he does it very often. So he's he's a convicted rapist. Yeah. Um, you know yeah. what that reminds me of, man. That reminds me of when when they used to put rappers on like heavy metal tracks. And shit. Yo, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that, Seth. Ha! <laughs> Segway King right here. Speaking of mixing genres and totally blowing way, blowing skulls and musically mind bending ways, we're talking about a video game today. <laughs> that we are. Um, but not just any not just any video game. One of the greatest most unifying video games of all time in yeah, my humble Yeah, it's true. This video game broke uh, tons of barriers across subcultures, uh, musical barriers as well. So let, let's first, you know, wh- okay, so why do we give a fuck about a video game, all right? Like Seth was talking about, not only is it one of the most fun video games ever, but saying the soundtrack for this video game's changed lives is a drastic drastic understatement firmly agree i think that the tony hawk video games might have actually been some of the most important soundtracks of our entire childhoods due to the exposure it gave certain underground types of music and the fusionist styles it created in the process couldn't agree more so i'm gonna tell you kids out there a little story all right we're gonna we're gonna step into the way, way, way back machine to a far away land called the 90s, right? The 90s. Now, some people will tell you things that, like, the 90s were pretty chill and was a happy, joyful time, and there was a lot of happy, joyful moments, and there was a you know, it was pretty chill compared to other music. They were around, those happy, joyful moments. Yeah, yeah. They were... They were around. They came by. But there was a darker side to the 90s, especially in music, and I don't, particularly in music enjoyment of all things. Um, and, you know... Mm, interesting. You'll you remember this, Seth. Uh, we, we all felt the social pressure in high school, but I'm talking about clicks. I'm talking about... Oh, yeah. I'm talking about how there was a practice of associating... Uh, a sense of belonging to a certain subculture or group of people based entirely upon the type of music you were into. Uh, this is a lot of stereotyping. Yes. There was a lot of like, um, you know, labeling and stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, this shit still goes on in middle school. I taught I taught music for ten oh, years. Yeah. It hasn't fucking changed that much. Man, I literally, it like I could not listen to a style of music without getting called a name for it. Right. You know what I mean. So. Let's run through. Actually, help me out with this stuff. Well, let's run through the the stereotypes and whatnot that you associate that w- uh, was associated with types of music when we were kids. Um, sure. Uh, I had so I have right now. Uh, preps listened to boy bands and pop music, uh, and they enjoyed top mm-hmm. forty. Uh, rednecks listened to country and southern rock. Jocks listened to hard rock and classic rock. Uh, black people listened to hip hop. Uh, weirdos and outcasts listen to heavy metal and kids who like computers and nerdy kids uh, who like video games like electronic noises. Does that sound about right? That pretty much sounds like the stereotypes. Is there, was there anything you, that I missed or you could, oh, oh uh, stoners like reggae. Mm-hmm. That was a, that was another one. Oh yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so there's it was this whole dumb thing, and like like there's like this is reinforced in TV shows, and in just like I don't know middle school cruelty and shit like that. Like like uh, I remember um, asking about like Master P growing up to uh, a friend of a family member, and I was they were like, oh you're listening to that 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 black people music. They they used a different word, but yeah. So or like mm-hmm. like you know I uh, the first soundtrack I ever bought was as a kid was uh, the Lost in Space soundtrack for the remake. Nice. I fucking I didn't oh, dude I've loved electronic music since I was since I was a kid I didn't even know it I'm, I'm a sucker for drum and bass I couldn't you know come on I'd never stood a chance mm-hmm. but um, you know I remember playing that for people and then being all like this is, techno isn't real music them's just pushing buttons mm-hmm. so you know what type of shit did uh, did you deal with growing up so so check this out right so I I grew up with a brother who was eight years older than me right yeah. Um, but he and I were always super, super, super tight. Um, and so like he would, he would drive me all, he would drive me places. He would pick me up from places, you know, again, like lacrosse practice, whatever, you know? And so like, and, and mind you listeners. So Hudson and I didn't really start to run in the same circles until we were probably, I would probably until I, I was 12 and Hudson was like 14. Oh yeah. The, yeah. The time um, period I was referencing, by the way, was before I moved up to Maine. I'm talking, when I, I was talking about when I was oh, like yeah. 10 ish, like eight to 10. Right, right, right. But I digress. Um, so when I, so when I was, you know, my brother was 16, I was, I was eight, right? I was eight turning nine. Um, and my brother was listening to rap music in the car. Wow. Um, in Maine? And he was listening. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My <laughs> brother, like, it was like, and, and he was, yeah, he was listening to, like, all of the quintessential early 2000s, late 90s shit, you know, like, yeah. Puff Daddy and the Family, he's listening to Notorious B.I.G., he's listening to, um, you know, even into, like, DMX and Nelly and the Big Timers, um, and, like, like classic uh, you know, southern hip hop and like just some like yeah, southern hip hop, New York hip hop, yeah. not a lot of West Coast stuff because you know we were we were in Maine, um, and so like he, I think he felt more of the East Coast influence there, um, and like but you know like he like he listened to a little bit of Tupac, um, and like on top of that he was also listening to like the Postal Service, and he was listening to um, you know like uh, Dispatch and just like general like you know oh and like death cab for cutie and shit like that you know like just kind of the like the general sound of the time you know if like if you kind of imagine what like the early 2000s sort of sounded like yeah, right for sure. and so i'm like i'm like eight nine ten years old hearing this stuff for the first time um and so all of a sudden i'm on the bus with my headphones on with like a 50 cent cd in my in my cd player and i'm just like fucking you know i'm i'm like in fifth He's grade getting rich or dying trying man that's it that's what I'm saying, man. I'm in fifth grade and I'm wearing Timberland boots and and, and like and football jerseys because I want to look the part. Like, oh man, I was like, I was, I was absolutely obsessed with it. I got made fun of to death. Oh, Seth, no, um, buddy. Oh man, it was it was brutal. And like, and you know, I like, I looked ridiculous. You know, <laughs> so like, I kind of, I I kind of understand why because I looked ridiculous. Um, I mean, to be fair, though, Cape Elizabeth High School was listening to all of that shit whenever we were there. So, I mean, you were just ahead of your time, man. That's it. Right. <laughs> um, but but anyway, that so that was like, so 
the thing that I experienced was it was like, you know, it, it really, I remember somebody saying to me when I, like, when I was about to go into freshman year at Cape Elizabeth High School, he was like, yo, like, you should try like listening to this, mu- to this type of music because a lot of the, like the general populace listens to this type of music and it'll make you easier to relate to I mean, if you listen to it too. Okay, I guess. What I mean, like, it's, it's always good to find common ground. You know what I mean? Like, but like, how fucking real is that shit? Like, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, yeah no, it was, it's uh, th- yeah. Middle school was hard, man. Fuck that. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's like that was my experience with clicks and like kind of you know music taste is that I didn't really I, I listened to a whole bunch of shit that not a lot that not everybody was listening to. And so I didn't really fit into one, into one like group of people. I feel that. I, whenever I got to Maine, I was super into punk rock, and that scared a whole lot of uh, potential friends. But it made me some yeah. really cool ones too that I'll never forget. So those are the real mm-hmm. ones. Shout out, you fucking nerds. Table nine, Cape Elizabeth yep. High School. Y'all know what it is. But bang, bang, bang. But so you know. But, <laughs> Table nine. <laughs> <laughs> so. Back to fucking back to Tony Hawk, right? So yes, let's um, circle back. during this time period, because of all this shit, um, skateboarding starts becoming really fucking cool because it was a not only was it you know it was a sport, so like jocks can kind of get into it, and like the the you know football players and all that, uh, which is also you know makes sense for like why a video game was developed because like Madden N sixty four was really big at the time and stuff like that. So they're trying to get those type of audiences. But at the same time, skateboarding was for badasses. It's an extreme sport. Fucking right, extreme. the Ninja Turtles skateboarded. Fucking Tommy from the Power Rangers, the green fucking ranger, skateboarded. Max from Goof Troop, fucking skateboarded. skateboarded. Fucking Rocket Power. He was an ill skateboarder. Yes, yes, he was. Fucking Max was an ill skateboarder. I mean, it, it, it you know, fucking, so there, we were watching all this shit, like, like, you know, aside from uh, it just being presented as like, this is what fucking cool radical kids do. Um, it also, it, it kind of blended the, <laughs> it, it, it kind of allowed for like a bridge for like kids who enjoyed playing outside and the kids who felt like they had to tell their moms, like, it's not just a phase, mom. Right. At least a few times in their lives. Lifestyle and clothing companies like the shoe company Vans we're also doing a lot to promote this rebel image by associating skateboarding with rebel music. Mm-hmm. So in 1995, Vans sponsored the first Warp Tour. And I know a couple of homies who had the pleasure of going on this annual adventure while it was around during its 14-year run, which is insane. And it was a cross-country tour. Fucking bonkers. Like, like the, the logistics alone. I, I want to do an episode on that and just get, like, a few survivors of Warp Tour on here to just talk uh, talk shit and tell us stories. Because mm-hmm. um, that just... It, the stories I've heard from homies are just crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It was basically... Uh, for those of you who missed it, it was basically an all-ages traveling one-day music festival that featured tons of stages. Um, it was a mecca for underground punk bands turning mainstream during the 90s as well. So Warp Tour helped give us a lot of really cool acts like Good Charlotte and Green Day and The Offspring. Um, so, like I said before, this tour went on for 14 years and eventually started incorporating other types of underground rebel music, uh, including hip-hop, metal, and even dance music eventually. 
Um, the all ages aspect is clutch as well because it allowed a lot of teenagers that went in 1995 to return with their families later on in life. So you would have like those were my first festivals. Oh, I was gonna say the, you the you went course. to one, right? Absolutely. I went to a bunch. I, I I like I went to one that I went like every year after tell, that. Tell, tell, talk know? a little bit like, about it. Like, what was the vibe there? Man, it was it was great because it was like. It, it was very inclusive. Everybody was like super happy to be there. It was like super happy to be around. You know, there was like, there wasn't a lot of fighting, which was cool, um, especially because of the kind of music that was getting put on at this point. Because this was a little later, right? This was probably like, um, like closer to like, oh six, oh seven, oh eight. Um, you know, up to like up to like two thousand ten. When I was probably like high school. Yeah. What were some What were some of the headliners that year? Um. So like. A couple, like, oh man, one year it was like 303 was headlining. <laughs> and it was like, and they were super whack. Um, but Vanna, Vanna, the band Vanna was playing at the same time as them. Oh, yeah. And that was one of the best, the best sets I've ever Hell seen. Yeah. Um, was, was Vanna at this warp tour. Because it was like they're, they're one of their vocalists' last shows and they introduced the new vocalist and fucking the whole thing popped off and it was crazy cool. Love that. Um, and so. Um, I always really liked it because it was in Mansfield, Massachusetts, which was like only a couple hours drive. Um, and you could go see like all the local bands that like, or not the local bands, but all the like smallish bands that would do the circuit during the year yeah. would all be at Warp Tour. Yes. And that was really, really cool because like there were like bands like Vanna and like, um, you know, like bands like, uh, like hit the lights and like, like just like you know, medium sized, small, medium sized pop punk bands that would like just kind of do the New England, the New England and Northeast circuit um, would all just be on the smaller stages there. And would just have like, you would know everybody and like you would see everybody like year after year. And it would just be like one really big part. It was also, it's also, I think Mansfield was the last stop on the tour. So like a lot of people would come out cause it was fucking, it was the last stop of warp tour. Like fucking, it's a fucking party. Yeah. Like closing night. You know? It was yeah, exactly. It was always, it was always like kind of a, like a big party. Um, and it was, it was cool is it wasn't like a big party based around drinking or substances. It was a big party based around people enjoying music. Yeah. Because it's an all ages festival, For sure. you know? Um, and that was something that was really, that I thought was really cool about it. Um, and like, that's kind of what I would do year after year is I would just go back. I would go back. I would go with kind of the same group of friends every year, um, and we would just go and see all the bands that we knew and all the, you know, we would like bounce from set to set and just see literally every band and like the ones that were whack, we just wouldn't Check see. Out all the homies. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, it's so, like, it didn't really matter who was playing on main stage because there were so many little side stages that all sounded awesome. Yeah, dude, I counted like 10, 12 plus something stages whenever I was looking at some of the old ones earlier. I, it, that's bonkers. Like like the amount of work yeah. that, Jesus Christ, setting that up every day, tearing it down every day. My God. Seriously, it, it, it's a one-day festival. And like it sounded good too. Like the smaller stages all had these like really well system tech sound systems. And, you know, like, and that was a cool thing about it too because it gave these bands an opportunity to really play on good sounding stages and like have... A, you know like have a good show you know where like fucking the monitor like there's not like, just, like one monitor down front for the vocalist and that's it you know like you know it was like one of the only chances they would get to like really do their thing so yeah so that was my experience with it it was like it definitely let me like let me like introduce me to a lot of music and also let me like re-enjoy the community every year yeah yeah with that is so they started 
uh, introduced you mentioned like 303. That's really that's a that's a that's a funny look at uh, yeah. When you mentioned 303, that they made were me so because yeah, they were like, that's such a weird, that's not a band I would associate with Warp Tour, but at the same time, like, I don't know why I'm surprised. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They, that's kind of, that kind of became their thing, though. They started bringing more and more sounds mm-hmm. from all different types of undergrounds, um, including, you know, in 1995, uh, when they started bringing, sorry, in 1999, four years after it started. So this would be like the fifth tour. They brought Cypress Hill along as their first hip, uh, hip hop headliner. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And so you started That's teaching really cool. cute little suburban honky kids who, about, you know, this hippity hoppity thing that their parents weren't really into, you know? Mm-hmm. It was dope. Yeah. So the, the timing was right for uh, a game like this to come into play. Something to kind of, uh-huh. you know, firmly solidify the bridge between all these different worlds and subcultures. So the time was right for that bridge between worlds to start being built. And so seeing the writing on the wall, a bunch of nerds at a video game company called Neversoft started playing Sega's arcade game Top Skater during their lunch breaks to get inspiration for their new skateboarding game. So this is, uh, I don't know if you've played Top Skater, but do you remember the game? It was an arcade game that had two rails on it and a really big skateboard that you would stand on. I do remember that. It was yes. fucking sick. It was one of the most expensive games in the arcade, but it was always fucking dope. Yep. <laughs> Yep. Um, and so their uh, Neversoft's first game was a game called Apocalypse, mm-hmm. where Bruce Willis was the main character. Yeah. And so they used him as their original uh, kind of toy doll and model for, for making all the skateboarding moves. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just really want a Bruce Willis extreme skateboarding movie now with like yes. flamethrowers and, and zombies and shit. That needs to happen. I'm, I'm about it. <laughs> there needs to be a diehard skateboard edition. Yes. <laughs> diehard meets Tony Hawk. It has to happen. So, um, contrary to, to a lot of popular belief about the game, uh, none of the locations that they, in the game are real. They, they were all imagined locations just based on the cities. Um, I don't even know for sure if they actually visited any of the locations that they included in the game. Um, mm-hmm. Aside from that, due to limitations in technology, they had to build their animations based off videotapes that were sent to them by the skateboarders they included. Do you remember the unlockable little video games that you could get for, for getting certain challenges within the game? In Tony Hawk? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those were the videos that they studied. No shit. Yeah. So it was just extra content that they had kicking around that, that they decided to include. Yeah. That's so, really cool. Yeah, it's, I thought it was fun. Um, they tried to do motion capture, but mm-hmm. limitations at the time didn't really allow them to apply it all that well. And uh-huh. so in total, <laughs> the game was built by nerds who didn't skateboard. Mm-hmm. Who were unable to analyze skateboarders? Real, sorry, unable to apply realism that they learned from skateboarders. So mm-hmm. they had to study a, another skateboard video game instead to get their inspiration. In order to make it, yeah. So it's <laughs> really funny. Yeah, like like it's really really goofy sounding, but actually it ended up being perfect uh-huh. it, because of this, all this. It, it led to a game that was designed to be fun and accessible to everybody unintentionally. 
um, especially people who didn't skateboard. So it was hilarious because it's uh, a lot of the Tony Hawk games are critically acclaimed for you know being like, like oh it feels like skateboarding and all that. No, no, right. it fucking doesn't. Anyone who has skateboarded <laughs> will tell you that it doesn't. No, no, that's not no. that's not how it works. It doesn't feel that way. <laughs> no, it is so incredibly unrealistic. I've tried. I'm so big. It's so bad. Oh, dude, like, I I'm just I got two left feet. I'm awful at it. I love doing it, but it, I, I'm really bad. I could never even ollie. I just like getting around. <laughs> my center of gravity is way too high. I oh. can barely ride a thing. <laughs> we just got to get you like a big. What if we got you two longboards? That's what I'm saying, man. Just like, like a surfboard on wheels. drink for surfboard on wheels drink for surfboard on wheels hell yeah (laughs) dude I would kill to see you like tearing it up in New York City with that fucking grinding rails and shit fucking enormous (laughs) pulling like a Marty McFly and hanging on the taxi cabs and shit with it fucking yeah exactly (laughs) just just running through (laughs) so so, um yeah like like a lot of the uh remakes actually i think didn't do aren't doing so well mm-hmm. because they feel clunkier they actually feel a bit more like you're actually skateboarding and so i think right. it actually works against it it's it's the fantasy is what makes it so dope it makes skateboarding accessible for everyone and so it was a lot it, it was sick um fucking it popped off why these games were so playable for sure and that's you know? key because the playability and the uh, gameplay, we can't stress it enough. These games were ridiculously fun. You spent hours with them. Right. And they were like, you, you could like, it was just easy enough that you could get it. But it was just hard enough that you had to do it a few times to get it. Exactly. Exactly. And so you'd spent, therefore, a lot of time listening to these soundtracks. This wasn't like, this, this wasn't like nowadays when you like might buy just an mp3 or something like that and you know from like an album and just to, to listen to every now and again because you think it's a bop this was an album that you even unwillingly just by playing the game this is an entire album you were studying you you were deep diving constantly it was yeah it was like you're putting a record on because you would just play exactly which was rare fucking uh, that's hard yeah, to make kids do that fucking time. that's hard to make kids sit down and listen to anything straight for an hour so fucking yeah. like that's dope absolutely a free demo of the first tony hot game was given out in the magazine playstation underground do you remember that shit seth i remember playstation underground oh hell yeah, <laughs> oh, hell yeah. You kidding? nintendo power you pick that shit up at the fucking video store yeah you know, dude the only spot that sold it <laughs> i would take out pages and put them up on my wall <laughs> yeah hell yeah um, a deal was struck with Pizza Hut to distribute the demos as well. The N64 version was announced the day before the PlayStation launch. And once you got that Nintendo money, there was a whole nother round of promo and uh, distribution effort put into the game. Right. The only differences between the N64 version and the PS uh, PlayStation version is that they, they got rid of blood, they got rid of some sound effects, and they compressed the music to accommodate the N64's smaller cartridge size. Yes. They also removed three songs, and it's really interesting what three songs really? chose. Yes. I didn't know that. I was, a, I was an N64 kid. Mm-hmm. Me too. I didn't know this until recently. Whenever I was studying it, damn. And I, I dude, it's gonna completely flip the soundtracks for you. Um, oh hell! 
So the game blew up. Um, at the time, you know, it was praised for, you know, cap like I said, capturing the true feel of skateboarding and it's clean graphics and excellent it does not soundtrack. Do that. It does not have those. No, no, it doesn't have clean <laughs> graphics. It was, it, it was not, no, accurate. And it, it did have a dope soundtrack, but yeah. So, yes. Um, one, the of, one of the best soundtracks. The PlayStation version of the original Tony Hawk game and its sequel were ranked as the second and third. Uh, top's highest selling games of 2000 behind uh, behind Pokemon Stadium. It was ranked as number 36 in Game Informer's top 100 games of all time, and it is ranked at number 30 in the most sold in 64 games of all time. Wow. The subsequent eight games. So there were nine games in this series total as well. This is a Harry Potter of video games. This is a Star Wars. This is serious shit. It is. It's an adventure. Yeah, this is actually the Harry Potter. Right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think Harry Potter is the most accurate description. It seems appropriate. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, and right? all all eight games. Nine installments. <laughs> Nine installments <laughs> of the Hawk of Tony. But the Beowulf. Of you the must Beowulf. ride the magic board across America. Exactly. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> So, um, all of the games were uh, heavily lauded, very successful, and critically acclaimed. They did kind of start tapering off with, like, the, the third gens, um, when they got, like, up to, sorry, not the third gens, when they got up to, like, the, the like, seventh, eighth, and ninth editions, they started kind of tapering off. But they had a really fucking strong run. Mm -hmm. And all of this stuff that we were talking about mostly is just about the first game. This yeah. went from 1999 and ended in 2007. So actually, in actually no, it was a while ago. Uh, I'm just old. <laughs> that was Hudson. Over that 10 was, years ago. Oh, that was Over. 1990 what? Nine to 2007. I was talking about the 2007, and then I was like, oh, wait, that was that was 12 years that ago. That was still, <laughs> still 12 years ago. Which is wild. Drink. We're old. Drink because we're old. Drink because uh, mortality and my 30s are lurking behind every corner. Yep. <laughs> okay, and I like get out of the shower and they're like hanging out in the cabinet. I'm like walking down the street. Hey. <laughs> What's up, baby? I'm like, no, go away. Hey. Stop it. Leave me alone, demon. And they'll slink away for a Yo, minute. Back but then like I'll go to bed and it'll like come out from behind my pillow. Like, hey. It's your thirties. Ah! Fucking. It's my life. Uh, so, the anyway, the first Tony Hawk game had a small playlist size due to space constraints. Um, the N sixty four version only got punk, ska, and a, and rock music. The three extra tracks on the PS version uh, were were risky by comparison, but at the same time, I don't know. Um, it it's it. it I don't know. Whatever. I'll, we'll go through them in a minute, and you'll 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 see what I'm saying. It's it's they're definitely the oddball tracks. Interesting. Tell me. Primus was the biggest act on the playlist. They were headlining Ozfest the year that this came out, 1999. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Interesting fact. Of the 13, there's 13 total tracks on the PlayStation version. There's 10 on the N64. Uh, four of them are rock. Six are punk. Two of those six are ska songs, and then the th there's the three like oddball tracks. Mm -hmm. So by ratio, this had the most amount of ska 
uh, on out of all the playlists. So like one third of the punk represented on the playlist is ska. Okay. Which is yeah, it's kind of interesting that it did, they started out swinging with that heavier ratio. Yeah. Something also really cool about this, and I didn't know this until recently. I was talking to a homie about the PlayStation version because he had it growing up. Mm-hmm. You could actually throw the PlayStation disc into a regular CD player and play the whole soundtrack like a regular CD. That's really cool. Game changer. I didn't know that. Game changer. That's insane. Right? Um, so That's fucking, huge. Yeah. Fucking you got a CD as well. At, like you're just spending – yeah, you're spending more time with the album uh, just with that. I mean fucking that's crazy. That, that, that's, that's really cool. They put a lot of uh, forethought into it. Yeah. So I'm going to play uh, just some, like, like real quick. There's a lot of music to get through. So I'm just going to play, like, quick, like, minute, minute and a half clips of every track tonight because there's a lot. Um, but first, we're going to play. So, you know, we got to play the ska song that everybody knows from fucking Tony Hawk. This is uh, Superman by the band Goldfinger. Oh, God, yes. I could hear that that riff from like two miles away underground with yep. like pillows on top of the speakers, like like mountains yep. of pillows on top of the speakers, and I would immediately recognize it and immediately start skanking. Fucking, oh yeah, that was my jammed on this game. <laughs> Absolutely, like that. Yeah, um, you could not have that song for me. That fucking this and all, like I loved. I mean, I'm a Southern boy, so fucking I loved horns growing up. That was my, uh, I think, one of my first ska songs. Uh, yeah. from, from that, my sisters heard me bumping that or talking about it or something. Um, I think I was playing it with my homie Daniel, fucking my childhood friend. Um, and then yeah. they showed me less than Jake, and that's how I got into ska music. <laughs> that's dope. Right? That's so dope. Um, I was um, my first was um, the Mighty Mighty Boston's. Oh yeah, solid band. They were the they're my my first ska band. Are they from um, around my, here? My brother was my brother went to a concert of theirs um, when he was in high school. He brought a CD home, um, and so I would hear it riding around in the car. Are they from around here? Uh, they are. I want to say they're, they're Boston, or I, that might be that might be a lie. Um, I don't know. Fucking, we'll Google it while we're playing the next track. The next track is Primus. Jerry was a race car driver. Wait, uh, I'm watching the video. This guy's in a movie theater getting nachos, and he's licking his lips seductively. This guy oh, is serving God. nachos. I know this, video. this guy is serving nachos shirtless. I don't know if I'd buy nachos from a guy serving them shirtless. I don't think I could buy nachos from a guy serving shirtless. This guy's into it though. He's like, mmm, steamy. 
Oh, here we go. Oh no! Some dude knocked over his nachos! That's so sad. So ridiculously talented. I don't know. He's just he's just crazy. He's yeah, ridiculous. He is. he's a madman. So that was not the uh, normal soundtrack of the album. The defining sound of all the punk. Uh, sorry, the defining sound of all the Tony Hawk games is punk rock. Motherfucking yes. Four bar chords and like type drums and screaming. Um, that good shit. This track uh, by the Suicidal Tendencies, Psycho Vision, is their typical like. This is the main bloodline of every Tony Hawk soundtrack. of adrenaline. <laughs> exactly. minute, minute 40, no chorus, no verse, just fucking... <laughs> a, fast, a fast section, a slow section, and a, and a faster section. I agree. It's fucking bonkers. Yeah, fast, faster, and fastest. Wait, wait, halftime, and faster again. Fucking... Yeah, exactly. So, um... The so that that's like what that's what we got in the N sixty four version as a kid grow, uh, as kids growing up, but the PlayStation mm-hmm. version got these three tracks that need to be talked about because they were game changers and the first like seeds of this giant barrier breaking uh, tradition. So yes. we have this song is called Aim. Uh, sorry, the the song is called Ain't Got Time to Waste by a group called Aim. Get your skull blown, Seth. Yes. Getting hot, thinking when they pop, my name drop. Ain't gonna rock the spot, but they got. See you with my team top, rap toss the pot. What you saying ain't mine, so it doesn't mean a lot. Pick up when 
nigga about this My pockets are bigger, money legal To keep my hand off a gun trigger Stick up your eardrum, not your purse for my bank account funds need lots of ones About a million of them, retired when about 30 Now the only time I guard up my yard is when my hands dirty Pardon the French, but call metallic Rhymes vary from here to Napa Valley Squash breaks, make tapes, make no mistakes I hate fakes, we'll take it, got time to waste Check it, if you're wasting my time Don't be surprised if I rob you If you drop dime, I'm a mom Time waste for no one and everybody got to go You think you got forever to walk around real slow Hesitate if you won't get caught out Way late. different, right? But it yeah, is. It, it's hip-hop Yeah <laughs> I wonder how many kids like like that was their first hip hop song. Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, we've been fucking up. I'm sorry. I've been fucking up. I've been meaning for us to play a game. For every song, we got a drink. So we're like five songs in. So that means we got to take oh, five sips at least. So like. Oh, there we go. Okay. Woo. This might be a two parter. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's all right. Fucking we end this. Um, all right. So the next song, uh, the next oddball track off Tony Hawk One is Aquaski, and the song is called Blue Thunder. You know I love this guy. <laughs> Middle as well, um, and it's it's like hip hop but dance music. It's a breakbeat track. Like like you would have heard this in like a, a '90s DJ playing this in like a warehouse somewhere. I feel like you know. Yeah, man, that's like that's you would hear that in a house set. That's like that's warehouse shit. Yeah, it's dope. Yeah, man, that's like yeah, that's like. You, yeah. You, 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 would you would you call that disco? I would I would almost I would, like I would call it like I would almost call it disco. I would call it like new disco. Or not new disco. It's like I think it's kind of it's kind of disco it's kind of house you know it's like it's kind of breaksy it's like i i would just imagine hearing that at like at like a you know just at like a queer party in the, in the 90s like you know just like fucking bouncy yeah that bass like, line is nasty dude yeah it's 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 a super super hot track like i like i could totally work that into a house set you know now the biggest shock at least to me was a track by an artist called grand unified called le hot 99 it's a nine-minute-long track that was chopped down to seven for the uh, for the playlist. 
That sexy good good too. If I had had a PlayStation instead of an N sixty four, I would be a different person. Right? I, I it's crazy how much of a difference those three tracks w- uh, would have made. Oh, that that last one is also just heat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they like I feel like Nintendo cut the three hottest tracks off of the off of the soundtrack. I kind but of, of agree. course, I, of course, I feel that way. Yeah. Right. Um, it, you know, uh, again, I love the, I love all the punk rock and shit on it, but yeah, no, nah, they they could have, uh, well, you know, it, it's funny we say that, Seth, because wouldn't you know it, they fucking did that. So, actually, here's the thing though, uh-huh. we're 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 cutting it like we're we're starting to get a little bit on in time. Um, okay. I'm thinking, let's 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 cut this now as a pregame, right? Okay. And then start yeah. and then we're we'll we'll do the next one as just a power hour through it all. Can you dig all right, it? Tight. All I right. Dig it. All right, y'all. So dearest listeners, here's what's gonna happen. We're 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 gonna cut the tape, all right? But this is just, you know, Tony Hawk episode one, the pregame, all right? Mm-hmm. You know, this is just merely the loading screen for the game we're gonna play together when y'all come back for episode two, okay? Okay. So we got all the background. We got all the, 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 you know, the, the environmental shit and the story of Neversoft out of the way. Now it's just straight music and straight playlists. So come back next time. We'll talk to y'all soon. Have a great night. Be safe. And enjoy sex, drugs, and drink tickets. Have a good night, y'all. Look at what we're launching. The new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. We're talking lots of new tricks and hundreds of insane new combos. There's even more courses. A park editor. And a dream team of skaters to choose from. Skateboarding reaches new heights. The new Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2. Rated T for teens. Run DMT here, proud to announce a brand new podcast called The Genre Fix. Every week I'm diving into a different style of electronic music and figuring out what makes it tick. Check it out every other Wednesday, or as I call them, podcast day, opposite of sex, drugs, and drink tickets. And head over to KillYourEgoNow.com for more goodies. Take care, boy.